Hello everyone, Sean McCaffrey here with another weekly wrap-up. Going to be talking on a little bit of MLB today, a little bit of NCAA, but as always, the main topic for, throughout the season, and it has been the last couple weeks, is NFL football. Week three was this past week, and we have a surprise coming up for you in the wrap-up today. So first, looking at MLB baseball, really, we're in the last week of the regular season right now. The closest division race is the AL West. The team that's leading that race is the Rangers. They're 88 and 68, two and a half game lead on the division. Uh, it's going to be a tight race to see how that one finishes, but I think the Rangers are probably going to finish that out. So that's the closest division race. The MVP races, those are actually really all but over. The AL MVP is most likely going to be Shohei Otani. He deserves it. He's the best player in baseball. And then the NL MVP it's somewhat of a race between Ronald Acuna and Mookie Betts, but really, Ronald Acuna, he's the heavy favorite to win the awards, so that's probably how those races are going to finish up. Now, looking at NCAA football, looking at two games from the past weekend, uh, the closest matchup from top 25 teams was Ohio State, the fourth-ranked team in the country, versus Notre Dame, the 11th-ranked team in the country. Ohio State won the game 17-14. to an interesting clip to watch after the game of uh, Ryan Day. He kind of went a little scorched earth in the post-game press conference, talking about the media and other coaches and how everybody was doubting them. So he was definitely fired up. I kind of recommend looking into that clip because he definitely was upset with the way people had talked about Ohio State coming into the week. But they won the game. They took down their game. And now they're continuing to be a top five team in the country. One of the most hyped games of the week, actually really the most hyped game of the week in NCAA football was Colorado versus Oregon. A uh, lot of hype going into it. People thought maybe Oregon can continue the Cinderella story of being a great team out of the gates, but Oregon really put them back in their place. Oregon wins 42-6 to over Colorado. It really wasn't much of a game. Oregon just, they looked like they had the better roster, the better experience, and you know, it showed the scoreboard. So... Unfortunate setback for Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes, but honestly, really what a great start to the year, and then they have a whole rest of the season to continue to have success. So now looking at week three, NFL, uh, really quite a few disappointments from a lot of teams that are expected to be playoff teams, the first being the Ravens. They were 2-0. They lose to the Colts, and not only just the Colts, but the Colts had their backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, playing. They the Colts are able to win 22-19 to over the Ravens. Another one, really a team that I expected to be very good this year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They lose to the winless Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are very young, lacking quite a bit of talent and experience, and they beat the Jaguars by 20 points. 37-17 to was the final score. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for the Jaguars, he's really had a slow start to the year. So disappointed to see that because he was an early pick of mine to win the MVP award and through the first three games he just has not looked all that great the biggest upset of the week not even close the Cowboys lost to the Arizona Cardinals 28 to 16 everybody's power rankings had the Cowboys on top after the first two weeks they've outscored their opponents 70 to 10 through the first two weeks the Arizona Cardinals they are picked to be the worst team in football. People expected them to potentially go 0-17 this year. And they went out there and they got their first win against the Cowboys, 28-16. to And, I mean, they really just beat them out physically, the Cowboys. They just won the line of scrimmage. And it was really shocking to see the Cowboys struggle as much as they did.
So people are now calling into question, are the Cowboys legit? Are they not? It'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. Probably the most competitive, the most fun game of the week. It was the Chargers versus the Vikings. The Chargers win the game 28-24, to and they really won it without the help of their head coach. Game is in the last five minutes. For some reason that I don't understand, that I think the entire NFL world doesn't understand, Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, has the team go for it on fourth and one inside of their own 25-yard line, which basically is just giving the Vikings a chance because the Chargers, they were stopped, turnover on downs, the Vikings only have to go 20 yards to score a touchdown. The Vikings weren't able to do it, but it's unbelievable that Brandon Staley even put his team in that type of position. But big win for the Chargers. They go to 1-2. and two. For a team to go 0-3, you're basically eliminated from the playoffs. It's tough to say that this early in the season, but very few teams ever get to do that. So the Vikings, they are 0-3, so they're all but out of it almost, uh, barring any some type of miracle to make the playoffs. And then there was a couple blowouts this weekend, the first being the Bills versus the Commanders. The Bills, they went out there, they went 37-3, to so quite the blowout there. And then the Dolphins were out there setting records on Sunday. They went 70-20 to over the Broncos, a complete embarrassment for the Broncos. Dolphins scoring 70 is tied for the third most scoring ever in a game. The team that scored the most was the 1966 Giants. They've scored 72 points. The Dolphins actually had the opportunity to break the scoring record by kicking a field kicking a field goal, making it 73, but they just decided to let the foot off the gas and uh, run the clock out. So 70 points, actually unbelievable. The Dolphins right now look like they have the best offense in the NFL. And one final game from the weekend, the most talked about game of the weekend, and it really it wasn't even about the game. It was the Chiefs versus the Bears. The Chiefs completely blew out the Bears, 41-10. But the main reason that it was the most talked about game was because somebody that was in attendance, and I'm going to bring in my colleagues, Jennifer Santiago, who's located in Kansas City, where this game took place, and my colleague, Patricia Vargas, who is a massive Taylor Swift fan, who I only learned recently. They're called Swifties, so I will pass it over to Patricia to give us all the details about who was in attendance. Thank you, Sean. Like you said, Taylor Swift was at the game this weekend. And I mean, this just confirmed the rumors about Travis and Taylor dating, but you know, it's just like, there've been rumors, nothing has been confirmed as of yet, but this was just like um, fueling the rumors. And just for some context, the rumors of them together started back in July when Travis Kelsey attended the Ares tour on July at the Arrowhead Stadium. And he said that he was looking forward to meeting Taylor Swift to give her a friendship bracelet with his phone number. And this is something that he shared on his podcast, New Heights, with his brother, Jason. And he said, and I quote, I was disappointed that she doesn't talk before or after her shows because she has to save her voice for the 44 songs that she sings. So I was a little butthurt. I didn't get to hand her one of the bracelets I made for her. And, you know, people were going crazy about this because this is just like a tradition between Swifties and people were going crazy that Travis actually took the time to make a friendship bracelet to give it to Taylor Swift at her concert back in July. And yeah, like I mentioned, just some context about the friendship bracelets. Um, last year, Taylor Swift um, released one of her new albums called Midnight's on October 21st and one of the songs that she put out is called You're On Your Own Kid and the bridge of that song has a part that says 
Cause there were pages turned with the bridges burned, everything you lose is a step you take. So make the friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it, you've got no reason to be afraid. So Swifties took this suggestion very seriously and decided to create, you know, friendship bracelets and that's how, you know, the tradition was born to trade them at her concerts. You know, just a little bit of context for that. And, you know, numbers are a very important part of the Swiftie fandom. So Swifties are going crazy that he was also born in 1989. He's also 33 years old. He wears a number 87 and Taylor Swift's favorite number is 13 and 87 plus 13 is 100. So yeah, you know, it's just like a little bit crazy. It's funny to even think about this this way. But yeah, that's um, basically everything that people have been talking about or, you know, more the Swifty community has been talking about for the past few days. Sean, I don't know if you have any follow-up questions about what I just said. I know it's a, it sounds kind of crazy. I think it's um, crazy at times too, but if anyone has any questions. It is it is crazy. I actually saw, and I don't know if you, this, if you know if this is true, but I saw a stat that Travis Kelsey jersey sales have gone up 400% since the uh, since Taylor Swift being at the game. Have you uh, ordered yourself a Travis Kelsey jersey or? I have not. <laughs> maybe I have to now that you mention it. But yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe the views go up too on the next NFL games that, <laughs> that we see. I can only imagine. Hey, if she's going to be at it, there's definitely a chance it increases. And now uh, I'll give it to Jen if she uh, has any thoughts on Taylor Swift being at the game. Thanks, Sean. Um, I do live in Kansas City. And we are big Chiefs fans in my house. Um, I've been finding all the Taylor Swift news quite entertaining. Uh, naturally, Travis Kelsey is a big part of our city. And while I haven't met him personally, I have family members who've run into him around town, you know, the store, the bar. Um, so even though he has this superstar status, he just feels like part of the community here. Um, so no surprise. You can't look anywhere right now without seeing a Taylor Travis headline. And actually, even as we're sitting here doing this, my dad is texting me with more links and news about Travis and Taylor. So everyone has something to say. And generally, mostly what I'm hearing is pretty positive. Some obviously don't care. Others are rooting for them. Others are just concerned about Travis's mental game right now. So personally, I wish them well. I think they make a cute couple, but I'm also really hoping that Taylor doesn't hurt our Travis um, because we've got some football to play and he needs to be focused. But if Taylor wants to make an appearance at the October 12th game coming up against Denver, when my family may or may not have tickets to go see the Chiefs, my daughter would especially be thrilled if Taylor was in the building. So no pressure on Taylor and Travis. Um, just want to throw that out there in case... He wants to extend another invitation to Taylor. Fair enough. We'll have to keep our eyes out if she is going to be there. It's quite the rare crossover between the sports world and Taylor Swift fans. Uh, usually you'd find that Swifties and uh, diehard NFL fans are, uh, it's not much of a crossover there. But this, hey, this has happened now. So the main Swift and Kelsey combo I'm a fan of is uh, DeAndre Swift, the Eagles running back, and Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center. But hey, I... I can understand the appeal of uh, the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift rumors. Quickly, before wrapping up this wrap-up, uh, a couple predictions, a couple things to look out for upcoming week. Uh, Jaguars-Falcons. Again, as I said earlier, the Jaguars, they've been disappointing so far this year. 
They play the Falcons in London. Always fun to see the games in London. Uh, it's a big game for them. If they drop to 1-3, and three, it could be a real concern for the Jaguars, obviously, if Trevor Lawrence struggles again. And they really should beat a team like the Falcons. So got to keep a close eye on that one. And another one to keep a close eye on is the Dallas Cowboys versus New England Patriots. How are the Cowboys going to respond to losing to the Cardinals? The Patriots, they're definitely not a team you can just walk over. Any any Bill Belichick coach team uh, is going to put up a heck of a fight. The Cowboys, of course, on paper will be expected to win. And how will Dak Prescott play the quarterback for the Cowboys? Because he struggled on Sunday. There are question marks about him last year. So will he struggle again? Will he find the success that he had in the first two weeks? That's another question. And one final piece on the betting. Uh... Really, honestly, I think you're probably better off leaving their money in your pocket, just enjoying some football this weekend because it is going to be tough to pick these games. One pick I like, it's the Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills. 79% of the bets are on the Miami Dolphins to win the game money line. If I'm betting, I'm taking Miami plus two and a half. That's what the line is right now. Miami has the best offense in football, and I understand the Bills have blown out their last two opponents, but Miami, they look so good on Sunday, it's really tough to pick against them. So that's that's my pick if you're going to put something in. I don't I, I don't know. I, I probably won't be betting this weekend. So this was Sean McCaffrey with the Weekly Wrap-Up. If you guys have any thoughts, leave them in the comments. I hope you guys enjoyed.